So I'm going to tell you the truth about a time that I told a lie to a girl named Joni. But before I can do that, I'm going to have to tell you where it all started. So about a year before meeting her, one of my friends told me about Craigslist misconnections. I started reading them, and my first thought was, this is silly. No one is going to make a connection this way. And then I started looking for ones written about me. <laughs> um, they weren't there, but I realized in kind of short form um, that I was exactly like the people who were writing these stories, right? And I thought to myself that I would write my own ones, but not real ones, fake ones, right? We want to make people smile in this cesspool that is Craigslist. They were going to be kind of jokey. So I ensured that I made, ooh wee, I made sure that I had just enough truth sprinkled into it to make it believable, but there was always kind of a wink at the end so that people would know that it was a joke, right? We want to make people smile, we don't want to make them sad. Um, so there was the one that I wrote about this girl um, who was looking for this woman who had taken the last honey ham at Fred Meyer and had six fingers. What she really was after was the wallet that the woman had stolen or the other honey ham. That was all she wanted. Another one was a man who was looking for anybody with used band-aids. Um, times were tough and money was short and he, <laughs> he was willing to take them off people's hands free of charge. <laughs> that was my only one that ever got flagged. Um, <clears throat> The third one was about this man who was six inches tall who had caught sight of a woman who was shorter than him and he was desperate to find them. Um, these stories were really, really well received. I got emails from people who knew that they were a joke and thought that they were funny, right? And now to Joni. I was invited to a bonfire with one of my friends and then she didn't show up. <laughs> so I'm in this group of people that I don't know and if anybody knows anything about painful um, introversion, I had this whole conversation going with only myself that was basically, um, Rebecca, stay for one hour. No, you can go, no, stay, because you know, it's just <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but then there was this girl, Joni, who was just like wildly extroverted and she had these amazing stories about her trips to India and about kayaking in Cook Inlet. Um, and I desperately kind of wanted to be like that, but I never was. She was in the middle of telling a story about a three-day kayaking trip that she had taken in which her kayak had flipped, and she had to bring all her gear to shore, light a fire, and dry it. <laughs> right? This is a cool girl. In the middle of kind of making believe, like she's picking up this waterlogged gear and throwing it onto the shore, she turns to me and asks me my name. And I said, my name is Summit. <laughs> and then I, in my head, I'm like, that's a lie. <laughs> but I didn't take it back. <laughs> Instead, like looking back on it, I can see how that happened. I didn't really understand it until several months later when I had a chance to kind of look back on this whole experience and realize that I did it because there was just some kind of like leftover creativity in there. Um, my parents had always said that I was extraordinarily creative. My teachers had said I should be a lawyer. So that kind of tells you a little bit about me. Um, so anyways, back to Joni. So the look on her face when I said that my name is Summit was kind of between incredulous and curious, and it was kind of like this prize well won. But then a really cool thing started happening. We started talking, and it turned out we had some actual mutual interests. We both liked to hike. The night went on, and we got along really, really well. So by the time that she asked me for my phone number, I started rattling off numbers without thinking about it. Until she asked me, how do you spell your name? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's right. I lied about my name. Um, but outwardly, <laughs> I said, it's two M's. <laughs> And so, I kind of left this party feeling like this is like, yes, why, like lie well achieved, and I kind of gave myself a high five and thought nothing more of it until she texted me. Um, so what does one do when you meet someone that you have a really great connection with um, and you've lied about everything about yourself? You keep lying. <laughs> yeah, thank you to somebody who knew that. I'm not the only one. <laughs> so... 
I do. I just keep mine. So I told her I worked for Fish and Game. I don't work for Fish and Game. Um, it was really, really exciting that we both were able to kind of go out and hike because we didn't. I didn't have the risk of running into people that I knew or that she knew. Um, I kind of came up with these extravagant stories like about people that didn't exist, like my friend John, whose son was struggling to learn how to play the mandolin. Um, and it was creating conflict with his wife, Linda, because the expense of the... Uh, <laughs> of the, uh, <laughs> the expense, sorry, the expense of the lessons were getting so extreme. <laughs> and so we kept hanging out um, and I started having guilt. Um, and really what it was was that I really, really liked her and she really liked me, but she liked Summit and I actually liked her, right? So it was kind of like this confusing friendship triangle of two people. <laughs> um, and I kept telling myself every time I'd hang out with her that I would tell her the truth, that I just never got brave enough to do that. And this, I know it sounds like a really long story, but this really only happened in an expanse of about three-ish, three weeks and two days. Um, but I struggled with that. You know, I felt like she was a really good person. I felt like I was a really good person and I was lying here. So I had to get out. And that's where my friend Sarah comes in. So we were having dinner at Tappert one night, Joni and I, and all of a sudden I hear, Rebecca Morrissey, I didn't know that you would be here. And it's my friend Sarah. <laughs> and she comes sauntering over the table, I'm dying. She says, um, <laughs> I like kind of figure out how am I gonna get out of this situation? How am I gonna get out of this lie? And I say, my name is not Rebecca, it's Summit. And Sarah, being the incredible person and theatrical kind of kid that she is, says, oh, I apologize. You look just like my friend Rebecca and then sat down next to us. Um, <laughs> she's really, really outgoing um, and, and much braver than I am. And she went on to kind of tell stories about Rebecca and she told about even the Craigslist ads. Um, <laughs> pretty embarrassing. I wanted to get out by this time and Sarah, as she starts leaving, she points at me, and she points at Joni, and she says, you know, you two, me, and, uh, <laughs> and my friend Rebecca should get together sometime. <laughs> and then kind of saunters off into the night, extraordinarily proud of herself, I wanted to die. So I knew I needed to get out, and I wish I could say that I told Joni the truth about this whole situation, but I didn't. I used a lie on top of a lie to get out of it. I told her that state had cut funding to my program. <laughs> And I had to move to Colorado, and I'd be leaving immediately. And her being the nice person that she is offered to help me pack, and I said, I have few belongings, I won't need your assistance. And I knew that I was somebody that she didn't expect to say goodbye, right? So I never did. So I kind of like sleeked through the town of Anchorage because it's so small, trying not to run into her. And then kind of as time went on, I didn't worry about it anymore because I didn't seem to run into her anywhere. So my assumption would be that she's moved, and that's probably the truth of it, but the only truth that I really know is that I don't write Craigslist ads anymore. <laughs> this story was told as part of the Arctic Entry's Five Truths and Two Lies show at the Beartooth Theater Pub. This story is false. <laughs>